just as we cannot punish our way into more happiness, we also cannot beat ourselves up into more confidence. If our intention is to feel more confident and capable right now, self-criticism and considering all the things you wish you were better at, that's not the path. (laughs) That's not going to get us there. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. It's your gal, Carly. You might not know this about the episodes we put together here, but they're always based upon recurring themes that I'm noticing coming up again and again and again, either for my clients or for you who listen in here to the podcast. And when I notice a theme that I have the opportunity to have conversation around once, twice, 10, 15 times in the course of a week or two, I often think, okay, this might make a good episode. And here is a recurring theme that I'm watching coming up again and again for a lot of people, including myself, which is really interesting this time, that I'm curious if it's relatable for you too. A lot of driven women, women who typically have it together, they're the leader in their family or their friend circle or their business, they're feeling like their confidence has gotten a little shaky. And other people might not have any idea that this is happening for you because you still present at having it all together. But if you're feeling like your world's been kind of rocked lately, maybe you're a little bit off center, maybe you're feeling more tender or inward, and yet you still have projects to get to or people that depend on you, this might be a really good conversation because I noticed for myself that I've been in a period of throughout this COVID of big visibility actually for my business. I'm being invited to be on more shows. I've been giving more public talks in an online format, of course, and that's all well and good. And yet I'm noticing that my confidence has not been growing (laughs) as I do more of that. If anything, I've been feeling more feeble lately. And so I had to kind of check in around that. Why is this phenomenon happening? Why is it that so many career-motivated women are behind the scenes feeling like they're not on top of their game. So today, we're going to go over some very specific things. Number one, we're going to talk about why your confidence might be a little shaken right now, and frankly, why it might not have been that great even before C-19, and how this is actually kind of holding up a mirror to areas that were really ready for some nourishment. Then we're going to talk a little bit about confidence and what it's really about and why it does not matter as much as we think it does. I'm going to provide some data that kind of breaks the myth of needing to be confident and explain a little bit more about what has been proven to work instead. And then we're going to talk about how to discover and leverage your unique signature strengths and then apply them to either the projects or the challenges that you've got at hand right now. And when I say signature strengths, I mean that there are unique talents within you that are so natural that they are like your heart beating. You might not even realize that you live and breathe them all day long. And they are incredibly valuable both to you as a professional asset, but also to the people around you. And if we can leverage those right now, 
you'll be able to see very clearly how you're able to lean in to these new areas that you want to be developing in or these projects or challenges that you've got at hand without having to do so much heavy lifting. Now, as often the case, I have made a bonus master sheet that goes along with this episode to help you uncover your signature strengths and then mark out very specifically how you're going to apply them within your career or within your personal life right now so that you don't have to feel like you're on top of the world every moment in order for you to still be making significant progress. So if that speaks to you, I highly recommend that you download that master sheet and use it as a professional tool to elevate your sense of capability, clarity, and confidence so that you can move forward with not just the demons in your head that tell you that you're not enough, but with a much more whole and realistic look at how capable you are. So head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. Look for this episode and you'll see it there. Download it completely for free. There's nothing for sale. All right. I want to give a quick shout out before we get into this topic today, because this is more actually than just a regular shout out. I want your honest opinion about something. So today I'm giving a special shout out to Raj Jana. Now, Raj is the founder of Java Press Coffee Company and the host of the Stay Grounded podcast and a new friend of mine. Raj serves up weekly inspiration for people choosing the extraordinary path through life. And I want to thank you, Raj, personally for having me on your show recently. If you haven't caught the episode of Stay Grounded that I got to come in as a guest, Raj and I had the most wildly authentic, vulnerable, honest conversation about what it looks like to be practicing and living into boundaries as an entrepreneur. I have had the great fortune of being a guest on a lot of shows. This one blew them all out of the water. So here's my question for you. Ladies who tune into Messy and Magnificent, you may or may not know this, but about 20% of my clients at any given time do identify as male. And I've been debating whether or not it was time to bring a man who, quote, gets it onto the show, a man who leads with honesty and the ability to listen and learn. And I'm curious to hear from you. Is it time, here we are in our 37th episode, to include people with different gender identities on the show? You let me know. Send me a private message on social media or tag me in a post. Your opinion and the safety and integrity of our conversations really matters to me. All right, so let's dive in here and talk a little bit about what helps us feel steady, clear, and confident, and how much confidence actually matters. Now, you might remember from the first episode of this podcast where we talked about the and, and being A-N-D. We talked about our ability as mature human adults to be experiencing more than one thing in any given moment. And that word is really like the three-letter word that has allowed me to continue to grow a business while having a personal life, while having all the normal feels that all healthy adults have. Now, if that's new to you, you might want to tune into that first episode. But today, we're going to take it to the next level because maybe you're feeling a little unsure right now or you're brushing up against things that feel challenging and you're wondering how to navigate onward and upward when you just might not be feeling like your boldest or most grounded or rooted or robust self. Now, this is one thing I've spotted for sure across every single high-profile, high-achieving client I've ever had. There is this continual 
thing that we do where we it's so easy for us to spot the 20 things we want to be better at, <laughs> right? We always like we want to learn, we want to grow. And what can accidentally happen is just becoming acutely aware of all the things we're not as good as we'd like to be at yet. And so in our attempt to be continually improving and quote, fixing what we view as broken or not good enough, much of our view of ourselves can be through the lens of needing to overcome deficits. Now, Dr. Robert Leahy at the American Institute for Cognitive Therapy over at Cornell, he said that this deficit correcting approach focuses on skill deficit, information processing errors, failures in emotional regulation and communication failure. And then Dr. Leahy went on to say, but little is said about making life happier or more meaningful. And we here at Messy and Magnificent, we often talk about the big three. The big three being a thriving career, health, and relationships that work together at the same time. And women who have the big three, they share in common a passion for joy and meaning. Doesn't mean that they're all happy all the time. It doesn't mean that every moment is the most meaningful. They like Netflix too, right? They like to just chill out. But they lean towards appreciating the qualities of feeling well and consciously cultivating that in their lives. And we know this, just as we cannot punish our way into more happiness, we also cannot beat ourselves up into more confidence. Now, there's a place maybe for analyzing our shortcomings over the things that we want to improve upon. But if our intention is to feel more confident and capable right now, self-criticism and considering all the things you wish you were better at, That's not the path. (laughs) That's not going to get us there. So today, I'm going to share with you a little bit about what has been proven to work in terms of boosting our confidence and what actually has been determined to be even more important than that. But first, let's chat for a moment about why your confidence might be shaken a little bit right now. And frankly, why it might not have been so hot before C-19 to begin with. Do you remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs from high school? (laughs) I remember a very specific class. I remember where I was sitting in the room, actually, when we talked about this theory that Abraham Maslow had back in 1943. This was his theory of human motivation. And he kind of set up his theory like a pyramid with these different human needs ranked from the bottom up to the top. And his whole premise was that We need to build these needs from top to bottom, that we have these essential needs and then slightly less essential and then least essential needs that we're all hoping to have at one point or another. And I want to throw this out there. I thought this was fascinating when I was in high school. I still find it fascinating. I also, as an adult, I question this idea that we would all have the same pyramid. (laughs) But so take what I'm about to explain with a healthy grain of salt, right? Because there's some truth in here, and I also want you to listen to your own unique truth. So as Maslow described this hierarchy of of our human needs, the first foundational part of the pyramid here is our physiological needs. These are our basic needs for survival, as in food, water, shelter, and rest. We need food, water, shelter, and rest, or else we as human beings don't exist, right? Those are our essential physiological needs. And then the next step up from there is our safety. We have a need to be secure and to be safe and ideally to feel such at the same time. So we've got our physiological needs and then we've got our safety needs. And then the foundational pillar just above that 
is what he calls belongingness and love needs. And these are intimate relationships and connections with friends, the people we love and feel loved by. Now, on top of that comes esteem and self-actualization and all the other things living into our potential that we as human beings hope to be able to fulfill upon. But if we just look at these basic human needs, our physiological needs of our body for food, water, rest, shelter, for security and safety, for intimate relationships, all of these have been put into a state of flux during this period of C-19. Our most basic foundational needs have been altered because there's been concerns and in some places very legitimate issues with the basic physiological needs that we need, like food and shelter have been jeopardized for a lot of people during this time. Our sense of safety and security as we're navigating living in a world with a virus that we don't fully understand has been jeopardized. And certainly our ability for belongingness and to connect with people I can't tell you how many of my clients say, Carly, I just miss human contact. I just want to be able to be hugged right now by a friend and not have to be six feet away or on the other side of the world from them in this moment. So I share all this because if our sense of confidence is built at the top of this basic pyramid, it makes complete sense. It is legitimate that your foundation might feel a little shaky right now. And I throw this out there because I think authentic happiness is really important. Meaning as we cultivate a sense of confidence and we cultivate a sense of self-efficacy and of progress for you, that it's not built upon some fairy tale idea that if you can control everything, then you'll be confident. Because that has always been an illusion. See, before C-19 or before a big personal trauma or concern that happens within our lives, a lot of us have this illusionary sense of confidence, right? If you're lucky, maybe when you were a teenager, you had that sense of confidence of I can take on the world. But if you live long enough, you get your heart broken or you see yourself or somebody else suffer and that confidence gets shaken up, right? We begin to question, we begin to notice our own vulnerability. And so if we're basing our confidence around this idea that if we can just control things, if we can just work hard enough, then we'll be confident enough, then we'll do enough. Well, it was always based on something that was an illusion. And so a lot of our illusions have been questioned. It's not that we're more vulnerable necessarily than we have been before. It's just that we're more aware of a lot of our vulnerabilities than we have been before. Martin E.P. Siegelman wrote a great book talking about authentic happiness that you might really like. I'll put a a link to that in the show notes, right? Because what we're about to be cultivating here together is going to be about authentic confidence. It's going to be about confidence that's rooted in something real, not just in the illusions of what we think that we can control. So with that in mind, let's talk here for a moment about what about confidence has been proven to matter and why it's also not as important as we sometimes think it is. There is some really interesting data out about what leads to human confidence. Now, when we talk about self-confidence, we got to be aware that confidence in itself is not a motivational perspective. Our confidence is a judgment, actually, about our capabilities to be able to accomplish something. It's a belief. 
Our confidence is not a fact. It's the lens through which we view our ability to do the things we want to do. Now, facts are facts, but we can change our beliefs, meaning we can alter our state of confidence. Now, speaking of beliefs, have you ever been just kind of waiting to feel confident enough to do something? (laughs) Like, I know I have. Like, you just want to be confident enough and then you'll ask for a raise. Or you think if you have more confidence, then you'll pitch a new product or service to a client. Or if you were just feeling more confident, then you could tell that person that you like them. Or you could finally set that boundary. And I hear this a lot with women. But here's the rub on that perspective. We don't actually get confident and then do things. Research is really clear that it is the act of doing that gives us confidence. So it's the act of asking for the raise that actually makes us more confident or pitching that product or idea to a client that actually builds our confidence or telling the person that we like them. The act of showing up for what we care about is what gives us the confidence, not the other way around. So confidence is not the result of thinking. It is the result of taking action. Confidence is the byproduct of doing what we actually want to do. So let's talk about what's been proven to actually boost our confidence because it is not just reading a whole lot of books on personal affirmation. It is not just, you know, writing nice messages to yourself and leaving them around the house, which for the record is a beautiful and wonderful thing to do. But that in and of itself has not been proven to lead to lasting confidence. So technically speaking, The act of seeing ourselves take action steps that hold both ourselves and our career in positive regard, it's called self-efficacy. And while confidence, it's a lot like motivation, it can fluctuate from day to day, self-efficacy can stay solid because it's really about something tangible and specific. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to some of the research about self-efficacy if you're like me and you'd like to see some of the proven science, for now, I'll say this. We do not need a global sense of ourselves as fully confident in order to make progress. We need very local self-efficacy, meaning we need to see that we have the self-efficacy to follow through on one specific area at a time. So you know how people say, like, think globally, act locally, right? This is it. If we want to boost our global sense of self-confidence, we start with our local, specific, doable actions that build self-efficacy. And just for the sake of making sure that we're on the exact same page here, when I say self-efficacy, I am talking about seeing yourself do the things that you really want to be doing. This is one of the very few things that data has shown us actually builds our confidence. And so with that in mind, I see this through the lens of self-efficacy actually being more important than confidence because it's the building block that creates the byproduct of confidence. It's the self-efficacy that really matters, that actually takes us in the direction we want to go. Now, you know me, I am blissfully pragmatic, (laughs) meaning I like to know how to make this stuff real and applicable in my days, and maybe you do too. So what if you want to have some self-efficacy? 
you want to take action, but you're still feeling overwhelmed or you're just kind of out of your zone lately. You're not feeling like you're on the ball and you need a little boost to get going. Well, let's talk about that. And this is where the master sheet that goes along with this episode is going to be particularly helpful. So don't worry if you don't have it on tap. I'm going to guide you through the process. We're going to talk about how to discover and leverage your unique signature strengths and then apply them to either the projects or the tasks or the challenges that are in front of you right now. Now, when I say signature strengths, I was mentioning at the top of this episode that there are these unique talents that are so natural to you that they really are like your heart beating. It's happening unconsciously. You do them without even thinking about it. Let me give an example of a client of mine. She is a naturally dedicated worker. When she takes on a task, she knows she's going to show up with a hundred percent. And this is part of the reason that it drives her crazy when she has to work on projects with people who aren't as driven as she is. When people are kind of like half-assing the job or they're doing it the last minute, they're not doing what they're fully capable of, it frustrates her to no end because it never even occurred to her to work in a half-assed way. Like that's not even in her realm of possibility. Showing up fully in a dedicated way for her work is as natural to her as is breathing. In fact, it's so natural, she didn't even notice that she was doing it until she had the contrast of other people's work to compare herself to, right? So she didn't even realize, A, how valuable the signature strength of hers is because it's gotten her so far and how valuable it is to the people that she works with. So she doesn't run her own business. She works as an executive in a large corporation. And this asset has made her there for over decades, um, deeply appreciated as a member of the team. And she didn't even realize that this is one of the reasons people love working with her. So right now, should you be feeling feeble or unsure or not confident or um, not feeling fully capable? I want you to know that these are not signs that something's wrong with you. These are just an invitation to dust off some of your signature strengths and put them to work for you. So I'm going to give you a couple examples of what might be a challenge or a goal. I'm going to pull one from my personal life, one from my professional life, and then I'll do the same with a couple of my clients. I'll give you some examples, real world examples of things that they're working on or that they're up against right now. And then I'm going to show you how to use your signature strengths to do some of the heavy lifting in these areas for you. When I go through these signature strengths, I'm just going to list a few as examples, but on the master sheet, I have listed over a hundred proven signature strengths. You might see things listed in there like my client did, her ability to be so fully present and dedicated that you don't even know you're doing. So I really do encourage you to look at the master sheet for this one because you might spot things that are incredibly true about you that you don't even know you're doing and we can absolutely leverage those right now. So here's an example of something personal in my life that's a bit of a challenge. This one's light and playful. The challenge is my oldest nephew, who's three years old, will not eat his dinner, will not do it. Like getting this kid to eat like the good part of a meal, the healthy part of a meal is really challenging. He could eat treats like all day long. He wants like honey right out of the jar. That's like his go-to food. But getting him to eat for dinner, super challenging. Now, a professional thing that I haven't been fully confident around right lately is that I have one particular celebrity of client of mine that I would love to invite to come be a guest here on Messy and Magnificent, but I've been tentative to ask and I keep putting it off. So hey, just in case you thought you were listening to somebody who does everything perfectly, remember, I call this podcast Messy and Magnificent for a reason. 
I'm in here with you, walking my talk, learning all this stuff together. So those are two examples from my world. Here's an example from another client. I've got a client who really wants to apply for a new job within her corporation. They have like a jobs listing board and the team she's on, she's been there for years. It's not working for her anymore. She's ready to transition to a new team. And so she's wondering about how to do that and hasn't been feeling very confident about it. And I'll give you one last example. I've got a client, in fact, I have a number of clients when I think about it right now, who all feel like they have outgrown their social circle. They've been doing the work with me together to really improve their careers. And they're suddenly looking around and realizing, you know what? The folks that I'm surrounding myself with, they're wonderful as human beings, but they're not giving me life anymore. We're actually not able to talk about meaningful things in the way I want to. And so there's a lot of sense from a, from a number of them around, okay, I want to upgrade. I want to begin to have a social circle that gives me as much life as I give them. How do I even begin to do that? So I want you to consider for a moment one specific project that you're working on or one challenge that you're feeling like you're up against, right? And I want you to hold that in your mind for a moment. If you're using the master sheet, there's a place to begin to plug those in. But if you're on the subway or you're driving in the car, just hold that in your mind for a moment. One specific area that you would love to feel more confident or capable of being able to address, right? Now, we're going to start to look at some of our signature strengths here together. And I'm just going to read off a few of them. Like I said, on the master sheet, there's more than 100 listed that have been proven to be important signature strengths. But here's a few. And as I'm going through this short list here, I want you to just keep an eye out for the two or maybe three that feel like you, right? What are ones that, as I say these out loud, that you would say, oh yeah, that's totally me. I do that, right? That's my bag. So here's a few. Maybe you've got a good sense of awareness or wonder. Maybe you get curious about things or you lean towards joy. Maybe you're generally good at acceptance or accountability or humor. Maybe you've got a good sense of clarity or of intuition or you've got a strong will. Maybe you've got a good sense of detachment. You're actually able to detach from things pretty easily or you've got some restraint or you do honesty well. Or you've got a lot of ingenuity. You're able to come up with good solutions to problems. Maybe you really live into justice or humility, or you have a love of learning, or you're patient, or you've got perseverance. Maybe you're playful, or maybe you're compassionate. Now, you might notice with some of these examples that I throw out there that they're not all necessarily things that we think of as strengths, like detachment. Right? We always talk about detachment or often we talk about detachment in our culture as if it's always a bad thing. It's actually a really healthy thing if we leverage it appropriately. So notice if one or two or three of those sounds like you. And we're going to start to consider how you could apply this signature strength, this thing that you do just as easily as your heart beats to the specific situation you find yourself in. And I'll give you some examples to kind of jog your ideas here. So if I take my, my nephew example that I started with, Elijah doesn't want to eat real food for dinner. One of my strengths is kinship, meaning I'm really good at connecting with people. I love working with good people. So I could get Elijah involved in cooking dinner with me. I could create some kinship here. We could go out to the garden. We could pick a pepper. We could chop it up. We can talk about where peppers come from because he's in that stage of why and what. He's always wondering why. Where did this come from, you know? And then he'll be more excited to taste it. Now he's part of the process. 
So I've leaned into some kinship around this idea of getting him to eat a little bit better at dinner time. Now, let's take my professional example, the one where I really want to invite this high-profile celebrity to come here on Messy and Magnificent and be in conversation with you. Recently, she shared about becoming a mother while working in Hollywood and how it really opened up her eyes to wanting to have more meaningful conversations in her interview. She doesn't want to just talk about what makeup she's wearing and what clothes um, designer she's into right now. She really wants to talk about things that matter. And one of my signature strengths is seeing the magnificence in others. And as I've heard her talking about this, I realize how magnificent and important her viewpoint is. I don't think she is even aware of how many people are going to respond in a powerful and meaningful way as she starts to talk about what is more powerful and meaningful in her world. So I could pose that to her in the invitation of, hey, I have noticed these things you're talking about are really valuable, and I think other people would love to be in conversation with you about it. Do you want to do that with me? How would that work, right? So those are just a couple examples from my world. Let's talk about some other examples from the top when I mentioned the client who wants to apply for a new job within her corporation. Now, she is, by nature, very analytical. She's all about data and spreadsheets. So she came to her interview with the stats and data to show how much she has helped her current department. And then she even brought some projections for how she could be an asset to this new team. And what was so cool about this process of her leaning into her analytical nature was that, A, when she showed up, she rocked that interview, but she actually felt better before she got to the interview because she got out of her the realm of her emotions and her worry, and she saw on paper how legitimately qualified she was, and that gave her the umph, the chutzpah, to show up for the interview. Now, let's take that last example. If you happen to be like some of my clients who feel like they've outgrown their social circle or you're just ready to incorporate some people who really give you life and support into your existing circle. One of my clients knows that she's really compassionate. And so she decided that she was going to extend that compassion to herself during this process. So she's extending compassion to the friends that she's starting to lean back from rather than judging them. She's sending them a lot of love and gratitude for how meaningful that their relationships have been. Sometimes she does that actually in person, appreciating them. Sometimes she just does that herself in her journal or on a blank piece of paper, writing a note of gratitude to this person. But she's really extending the compassion to herself as well. She's considering, how can I be extra kind to myself as I process this change? Now, I gave you four examples just now. In none of these examples did I have some type of miracle, super quick fix where now everything works out in your favor. (laughs) Though sometimes that absolutely does happen. Like when my client shows up with all the data, that certainly works in her favor. But what we did do was get ourselves out of the beliefs that are telling us that we aren't capable and back to the reality of your signature strengths. We are applying what we know we are good at to what we want to experience next. So I'm going to encourage you to look at this challenge or this idea, this thing that you want to live into, and pick three of your signature strengths and just practice on a piece of paper, writing down specifically how you might apply that signature strength to this situation. And I encourage you to not just pick one strength to apply, like look at it if you applied a couple different strengths, right? Just to kind of get your brain going, just to jot down a few ideas here. And this is what you might find. Just this process of writing down 
A, what you want to be have, have happening, and B, how you can apply your signature strength to help facilitate that, it begins to expand our sense of hope and possibility. And that is essential. We call it precursive faith. When I say we, I mean it's actually an ancient Roman phrase. Precursive faith is this idea that most entrepreneurs or people who are entrepreneurial in mindset, even if you don't work for yourself, it's this sense of knowing that things will work out even if we don't know exactly how. We begin to show up for what we believe in, even when we aren't sure exactly how, what all the steps are going to look like to get there. And so just this process of writing things down begins to expand our sense of precursive faith, right? Which leads neurologically within the brain to a heightening of our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the part of our nervous system that expands creative problem solving. And this in and of itself, just this action of filling out this master sheet with me or doing this on a blank piece of paper is in and of itself an act of self-efficacy because you're taking action. It's in a no-risk, very simple way, but you are showing up, taking forward moving steps in the directions you want to go. Now, if you really want to make some progress here, if you really want to boost your sense of self-efficacy and of confidence, then I encourage you to pick One of those signature strength options that you just came up with, preferably the one that lights you up, at least 3% when you think about what could happen if you gave it a try, and then do it. (laughs) Preferably, go do it right now as soon as this episode is over, or schedule in a time to do it in the next 24 hours. And I'm being specific about that. Research has shown that our ability to follow through on a good idea drops off significantly within 24 hours of having that idea, which is why when we say things like, oh, I'm going to quit smoking after the weekend, it's really hard to actually do that. Or I'm going to go on a diet in the new year. We actually have to start living into the good ideas we have within 24 hours of having them (laughs) if we want to see ourselves follow through on them. So if you can't live into your idea in this moment, I get it, but make sure you do schedule a moment to actually live in to this signature strength, applying it to the situation that you would like to apply it to between now and this time tomorrow. And hey, write me a message or go to social media and tag me so I can celebrate you for doing this exercise and for actually applying it. Regardless of the outcome, know that I am over here to help boost your sense of self-efficacy. So if you're doing the thing, if you are showing up in some small way, getting clear about your signature strength and then applying it, I want to hear about it and be in your corner rooting for you. Now, here's what I also want to know. I want to know from you, if you only remember one part of this episode, if you broke it down into just understanding that one awareness would be enough today, what is one thing you don't want to forget? What is one thing about this episode that is landing? I want you to take that, go on over to iTunes and post a review. Tell me, What is important about what you have just heard? What do you now know to be true? And make no mistake about it, you writing that down, it's a great step for self-efficacy, but I am saying this because it's a big help to the Messy and Magnificent podcast community. Every review we get helps more women find this show and rise into their best career, health, and relationships too. We are in this together. And I have to say, 
The more feedback I get from doing this show, the more awareness I have that a lot of women do not have a space for these types of honest conversations anywhere else. Through the act of showing up for these episodes, I am more aware of how important it is that we as women support one another. So remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep prioritizing what you value, including yourself and your signature strengths. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.